Welcome to the Imperfectly Perfect Campaign, sharing real-life stories from real people to unite them in global change for the face of mental health. We will also reduce the stigma, creating communication, healing, and awareness to save lives and inspire. Join us weekly as we talk to some of the highly acclaimed faces, influencers, experts, and others who have been through extreme adversity. All right, guys, so welcome to another episode of the Imperfectly Perfect podcast. And today I've got a co-host joining me. So Jackie Rivera, welcome to the show. She's a huge integral part of the team. How are you going? I'm good. So I'm so excited, mate. First time co-hosting <laughs> our podcast and we've got amazing guests. So without further ado, me and Jackie are going to be talking to an amazing advocate towards the campaign, mental health in general. Like we always do, we're going to explain a little bit about our guests then get rolling with some questions. So Rachel Newsham, International Program Director. She's inspired tens of thousands around the world to get hooked on regular exercise training thousands of instructors along the way and developed hundreds of workouts too. She's committed to helping the world fall in love with fitness. She truly believes in sharing the lessons learned whilst training her own mental fitness. She wants to help throw light on the previously stigmatized area of mental health and well-being. As Rachel believes mental health goes hand in hand with physical health. She delivers keynotes on mental fitness and the importance of having a healthy mind by means of her own journey inside the fitness industry. An internationally renowned speaker, program director, choreographer, presenter, celebrity trainer for Lesnos International, holds a BA on sports management degree, and she is highly sought after on stages worldwide. Look at that intro there, Rachel. Woohoo! <laughs> you feel Seriously. when you're a rundown on yourself? I actually, um, I, when I get asked for this, I get really awkward, and I instantly, I mean, I should have that there, I just should have it there. But every time I cringe and then I went, I need to reflect on this. What is, you know, personal development leadership style? Okay, why do you cringe when people ask you to sort of describe what you've done? What's the root of that, Rachel Nusham? <laughs> um, and, last, and last night I thought to myself, right, you know, you should be proud because cringing is, is like, why are you cringing? This is a really, this is really good. And I, and I know why, because it, it's the focus is on me and I'm much more of a, I like being amongst the group kind of thing. Like I prefer to run the relay than the hundred meters, <laughs> you know? I feel you. I feel yeah. you. Yeah. You don't like the camera, eh, Jackie? You're like, put me no, behind I the don't. camera. Yeah. Of course, you are central stage around the world. So to see this introverted side, so to speak, tell us about the woman behind the persona that everybody gets to see. Who is Rachel Newsham behind the scenes? Yeah, good question. Um, I think, or I believe, if you were to speak to the people that are in my circle that I see on a regular basis or that I've known for a long time, so either or, they would say that the person that you meet on the road when she's about to do the class and the person that teaches the classes is the same person that you're going to meet in real life. She'll be exactly the same, obviously on a, on a turned down volume. So I'm not going to be throwing motivation in your face <laughs> at the level that I am in the middle of a peak workout track. <laughs> yeah. If you go down to like track seven, which is high intensity and you'll start talking like that, you're like, Tone it down. Tone it down, Rich. <laughs> too much of people wouldn't be too much. But I, I, 
I do believe I'm the same person. So my care factor is just as strong. So I'll share with you at the same level that I will on stage. It comes from the same place. I'm always coming. I'm always speaking from the same central part of my, um, yeah, value system, I guess. So I give, people tell me that I give a lot of myself to people. I can't be everything to everybody I know. So I, I tend to keep quite a low profile when I'm at home. But the people that I do spend time with, they get all of me, if that adds up, which is probably why I need a lot of a quiet time because I really invest in the people that I'm around. I really care for them. I really value um, their time. And I have a lot to say. <laughs> so I like to give people, you know, my thoughts on things and, and my good friends sit and listen to me and my deep and meaningful philosophical conversations. They're very kind. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of conversations, you are so well-spoken on your advocacy towards looking after your mental health just as much as your physical health. What does that come from? It comes from personal experience. Like I, I've learned through firsthand experience that I've had to dig myself out of holes that I didn't know I was in. I just would, would think, why do I feel so crap today? Why is everything, well, I can, I can see everything's going crap because there'll be a work thing or a, um, a relationship thing that sort of like tips my scale and makes me feel bad. And of course, I recognize that's part of living. You have to have um, the good and the bad. You know, life's not a, a walk in the park. Everyone knows that. But then managing myself out of those situations is where I discovered that mental health was a thing. So because I've dug myself out of these um, valleys, let's call them valleys, and I'm going to use that because um, I heard that on one of the Imperfectly Perfect campaign um, webinars, which is really cool. By digging myself with that, I, I got the skills and the tools. I, I earned them. So then I never want anyone to feel lost like I was. Like, what is this? Why am I here? How did I get here? Did I do something wrong? Did I actually do something wrong? Is this wrong? Am I failing? Is this why I'm feeling this way? So because I did the hard work around it, I learned, oh, okay, that's what this is. Oh, okay, that's what I really needed to hear. Okay, this is what I needed to feel. This is who I needed to talk to. And this is how I move out of this space. So I'm, I advocate for it because I don't want any of my friends to fall into a trap unnecessarily without you know, hearing firsthand from somebody, oh yeah, I know what that feeling is. Oh yeah, don't worry, that's okay. On the other side of that is this. Right. That, Do you sometimes feel like because of the type of person that you are, that you have to sometimes carry like your friends in terms of trying to help their mental health? Do you sometimes feel you have to do that? That's it. Yeah, that's a good point because when you care about people, you feel responsibility, care and responsibility are hand in hand. They hold hands with each other. They can't live apart. Um, I think a younger version of me would have, but I recognize that I am not responsible for other people just because I care about them. It's up to them to make their decisions. And I have learned this. I've learned that as much as you can warn somebody something's about to happen, they absolutely have to experience it for themselves. Mm -hmm. if they're independent thinkers, they, they won't just go, okay, Rachel said so, so I'm not going to do this. It's like, no, I was told, I'm a smart woman. I was told so many times by so many of my people, this is happening to you. And I refuse to accept it because in my head, that's not what was happening. I couldn't see it because I wasn't right. ready. So I had to learn that way because I wasn't ready. And now I see it 
in other people, I accept that I cannot prevent them from experiencing life. Right. I can share and I can describe and I can explain so it's not a, a mystery to them. It's, it's, it's a pre-existing thing. It's a thing, but it's up to them to maneuver through that. So a younger version, yes, I would have felt like I would, but I, I now know that I couldn't even be told to not do that <laughs> and not go there. And I am a very open-minded, open to feedback person. So yes, previously, but in my, in my more mature years, no. <laughs> so in relation to that then, Rachel, quickly, what now, as a, as a grown adult, a grown woman, would you say to your younger self? Oh, girlfriend, this ain't Disneyland. <laughs> this ain't Disneyland. And um, don't expect everything to be fixed. You can't fix everything and not everything has a happy ending. In fact, it's the, it's the traumas that you're about to experience that will lead you along a journey that you are here to experience so that you can enrich yourself and others. Wow. Constant growth. And what I wanted to lead on. So obviously everything aside, I've known you for some time now and I myself have been a huge advocate for Les Mills. In fact, back in the day, a fanatical person about Les Mills, like everybody is. But you must be approached by so many people because of your profile and everything that you do. What attracted you to the Imperfectly Perfect when you saw the images? And like, what, what spurned you to get involved out of? Because obviously there's a lot of campaigns out there. There's a lot. What was different? I always tend to ask people what kind of drew them. Yeah, so I was on a, I was on a um, sort of a, a, not a break, I'm not a friend's break from social media, but I was, I'd fallen out with social media. I was discovering, I was learning firsthand what the impact of it was on me as a user. Um, and I was at odds with the world at the time because I was trying to maneuver through some life challenges. And everything on social media was just not, sinking with me it didn't seem authentic it it was I was off I was offside with it and your campaign cut through as authenticity which is what I was missing which is what I could relate to which was what I was searching for I was looking for a kindred spirit and I found it I found um solid ground let's say something that i could stand on and go yes i believe in this this feels like it's the right tone of the times and i admire you for putting this together and bringing bringing to the front something that had been pushed so far to the back of the bus that people had lost sight of actual reality and that that's what made me go there and say hey look i'm really i'm really here i'm really vibing with this and i think this is cool and i i like the energy of this and i've i've got a lot to say about it and sounds like you want to listen which is really cool because everyone else around me is just so preoccupied with all the other crap going on that i just can't vibe with right now and <clears throat> that i've removed myself and I feel good here. This is where I feel good right now. 
so yeah that was that was what what brought me over that's awesome so what does imperfectly perfect mean to you mm. well i've learned that as much as you can try and dot your i's and cross your t's and be and do your due diligence in life we're here to fail we're actually here to fail because that's how we learn we've got to get it wrong to get it right so this obsession with perfection is crippling us as a race. It's hamstringing us. It's like, but people aren't ready to see it because I understand the obsession. You know, if suddenly as a generation, we get to look at ourselves in our most beautiful form because of filters, because of accessibility to enhancement surgery, to, um, you know, beautification processes that, tragically women are sort of having to do more and more to be accepted it's like okay well i need to i need to be what i want to see and i want to see more of the let's get obsessed with, with the inside and let's let's move on the outside is just going to be what it's going to be but let's obsess about the inside and the inside is is imperfect in fact the more imperfect we are the more failures we ha we have experienced the more life we've lived so for me, Imperfectly Perfect is the realest thing that I can glue myself to in a crazy, fast-moving, obsessive, perfectionist world. And in your world, when you're presenting and you're in front of, well, over, over the years, millions of people, you've touched their lives and everything. And one of the standout things is every forum that you read, everyone resonates with you for keeping it real and showing that side. So I think indirectly, you might not have known it, but through your actions and your, your speeches and everything, you probably impacted more people than you know by keeping it real and you've never changed. So I think you've always shown that imperfect side. But what I would say to you, and I'll joke a little bit by going, as much as you travel 365 days a year, so it seems, how have you navigated your own mental health? Because like you say, you are empathetic. You do take on a lot of people's energy. How do you get through that yourself? Because it can be draining. Yeah, we don't know what we don't know, Glenn, right? So um, hindsight is the, the biggest blessing. I just learn from looking back constantly. So I reflect a lot. I spend a lot of time on my own. And, and people that sort of come from the outside into my circle have this impression that I'm going to be this high energy ball of fun and party and good times and all I do is train five times a day and obsess about my food and that must be how it works because that's what you know the fitness industry seems to project but I'm the opposite I'm super super chilled I will take a conversation to the deepest point possible um, because I'm very reflective and that's how I learn so having traveled so much I realized early on that I was going to spend a lot of time on my own. So I got used to being on my own. In fact, that, that happened back in my early 20s as a, as a module trainer for um, BTS back in the UK. You have to travel and sit on your own for dinner. You have to have dinner in a brewer's fair on your own. You know, people looking at you like, oh, sad, she's not got a date. <laughs> that was weird for me as a young girl. I was like, this is weird. I've never been out for dinner on my own. You don't take yourself for dinner. Not, that, not then. There was no phone to look at. You couldn't look at your phone. You just had to have dinner on your own and look at the menu. <laughs> I'm just laughing at it. It was fair. Jackie's like, what's here? 
Yeah. <laughs> Brewers Fair is like a Hooters, but without the boobs. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh the English people love it, I think, because they know that. Yeah. Um, I worked at a Brewers Fair as well once. It's called the Boar's Head on Garstang Road. It was great oh. in Lancashire and Preston. Oh. Um, so I learned that I had spent a lot of time on my own. So therefore, I had a lot of time to think because my conversations were had with me. Mm. Um, and I, there's a different learning styles, but I'm very audio digital. So I obviously have a lot of internal dialogue. So that worked for me. So reflection helped me process uh, what I would do the next day or the next week or how I would handle a relationship, a friendship, a situation, um, a career opportunity or, or, or whatever. So managing my mental health as being through first-hand experience of having the conversations with myself. And then when I reached the end of my skill set, did I reach out? I put my hand up. I was like, I need to speak to someone who's a professional because I can't handle this situation. I've done everything I possibly can to navigate through this. I can see this is an unhealthy relationship for me. How do I, how do I get out of this? Because I need someone to look at me and go, this is where you're going and this is where you'll end up try going this way so that you can end up where you want to end up. And it was so powerful. Um, yeah. So I mainly did it on my own until I reached the end of my skill set, And then I put my hand up and I said, I need a pro. I need someone who can look at me and go, right, this is, this is where she's at. This is where she's heading. This is what you need to work on so that you can get out of this hole. And um, I think, you know, that worked for me. Does that work for everybody? Heck no. No, 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 no. Everyone's different. You're going to have to do things differently. But one thing I can guarantee, we all need professional help. We all need professional help. We just don't realize it. Your friends don't know the answers to everything. Mm. You, not everyone's got a good set of friends around them. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and can those friends right now deal with your crap? Because they've got their own. <laughs> Yeah. They've got their own. Yeah. This even do. occurred to me. This even occurred to me. I almost feel guilty seeking out a therapy session at the moment because I'm sure those therapists are having their own crap. I honestly, I'm like, how? And then, and then I sort of did the circle of life and I thought, well, honestly, you know what, Rach, sometimes I don't have the energy to go teach a class, but I know there's people counting on me to deliver the thing that I do best, which is really pull people out of a hole. So I'm going to do that because that's going to help me take my mind off the stuff that I need to sort out today at work, at home, in life. And therefore, we all kind of, if we all keep going together, we'll get there together. That's yeah. the attitude I've kind of got to. Yeah. And well, that takes me to my next question because it, in a sense, it's you talk about therapists and you recently, and we're very grateful, ran one of our international workshops with a, with a therapist as well. Now, my question around that is, we got so much feedback and I sent you some messages about how much of an impact that made with your words and your story for people around the world obviously know you from Les Mills and never knew the behind the scenes. I always ask this question to everyone that comes on the podcast, but is there, and I know that there's pretty much a lot of these for you. I, I can only guess because there normally is. You've took so many people's lives, but I always say, and I always feel there's always one standout person that you will take to your grave that you will, it finally sat with you and got, oh my God, I actually helped this person. And like I say, with, with what you do and impacting a lot of people, there'll probably be a lot of stories, but is there one stand out for you or even the first time that somebody told you and you was like, 
wow, I've got a platform and I can actually save a life. I can, do you know what I mean? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's a really, that's a full on question because there are thousands, thousands. And I instantly go to my circle mm -hmm. because there's a few names that come to mind that I know the conversations that I've had with, with these people. And it's not necessarily what I've done as a fitness teacher, as a trainer. It's who I am as a person that's helped them. But if I put my hat on as Rach, the celebrity fitness trainer, yes, definitely. And this was one story that a lady shared with me in the States. I did a tour. It was just over three weeks. I traveled from the West Coast <clears throat> to the East Coast of the States. I literally did a town a day in three weeks. So Jackie, you know how big your country is. Wow. You know how hard it is to yeah. get from one side to the other yeah, and definitely. feel like you've given, I feel like I've given a fair shot to everybody. I, there was no way I could do it in, in three weeks, but I, I, I made a good nudge and one. And it, so basically I'm doing three classes a day minimum in maybe two to three clubs in that town. So I didn't just shoot, dominate one chain. I was there for everyone. And at the end of every class or at the beginning, there would be a Q&A or I would give a talk on something. But at the end of every destination, people would come up to me and thank me for coming or take pictures and share a story with me. And I, I literally was blown away by one person. And I'm going to try and keep it top level so that I don't you know, go into too much detail. But what I can say is this lady shared with me that she hadn't spoken to anyone about her story because she wanted to escape her story. She wanted to escape what she was dealing with in her personal life, which was tragedy. I mean, this is what struck me about her story was the tragedy around what she'd experienced and how she was trying to deal with that. Like personally as the person that's left behind, let's say the person that's mm -hmm. left behind that has to deal with the, the outcomes of, not suicide, let me say that, not suicide, but tragedy. Um, they, she said, I just wanted to escape and it, people just wanted to talk to me about it constantly. And I found the only thing I could do, the only time I felt better was going to a gym and doing a group fitness class at the back of the room where nobody knew my name. I didn't even know what I was doing and I could just get on with it. And the teacher just let me, let me do what I do. Uh, and I just fell in love with these workouts. These workouts made me feel like, I was a person without problems. I was a person without problems. Just for that 55 minutes, I had no problems. The only problem I had was trying to figure out if I could keep going through that track and finish that session. She yeah. said, uh, and uh, she said, you've honestly saved my life because I, I wasn't sure how I was going to make it through. When she described the, the personal challenges that she was experiencing, the tragedy and the hurdles, I mean, these were mountains, these weren't hurdles that she as a human being had to overcome just to get through a day. And I just thought, how would I cope if I was left in, with that on my plate? How would I deal? So for her to come to me and say, you've literally saved my life it really cut to a That's deep huge. point to me. Yeah. I, I, I just thought we don't know each other. Mm -hmm. we, 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 she's found me and she's bravely come to share the story with me, a stranger that she's only seen on social media from the other side of the world, but someone who gave her a, an outlet 
for energy to help her feel human again because I and my workout that I create with Dan or on my own here somehow gave her hope. Yeah. That's awesome. Huge. I yeah. yeah, and tell you what, I did that tour to help myself. I obviously people thought I was helping them, but I did that three week tour to help myself. I needed to get out. I needed to do what I love doing for my own personal reasons. But what I, the um, unconscious consequence that came from that was the, 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 the outpouring of stories that I would receive at the end of every workshop that was shifting my head and my heart left, right and center and just filling my mind up and my heart and putting into perspective this huge, incredible world that we live in and how yeah. small my problem was in comparison. So um, she didn't realize, but she actually helped me as much as I apparently helped her. That's a great story. Now you being a celebrity fitness trainer and one that's traveled literally the world and you've heard so many stories from great to tragedy, just like the story that you heard um, in the States, how do you decompress after hearing all of these stories? Like with me, when I hear stuff, like it stays with me and I start thinking about the person and I start getting emotional about the person. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't even know you, but your story just like, how do you decompress when you hear so many stories from people all over the world? Like, how does your mind fathom? How do you decompress all of that? Some stuff takes me ages, Jackie. Some stuff takes me ages. Um, I will take days to come out of that. I will literally take days. It took me a long time to get over that tour, physically because of the travel and the jet lag, spiritually because of what I was alerted to and how I, how I needed to come to terms with that. But what I can say is a few things that I do. One very lighthearted thing is I use music. So music is a spiritual uh, journey for me. I lose myself in music. So I can unplug from my, my operating system and I can plug into the, the, the journey that the singer-songwriter wants to take me on. And I'll choose music based on where I want to be. Mm. So music definitely does that. I pray. So I talk to my higher power and I, and I look for guidance so I sort of I will say sometimes internally and sometimes externally like because if I'm at home and there's obviously there's no one here because I live on my own but I will sort of speak out loud and sort of request guidance and look for points to to sort of guide me um, direction direction yeah I look for direction and I I'm grateful so I practice a gratitude so that's one of the hardest things to do I'm grateful for the pain I'm feeling this week that is I'm grateful for the struggle this week. Uh, and that helps shift me. So the words I use, the words I speak to myself help reprogram my thoughts for the day, for the week mm -hmm. to help create a shift. Um, I exercise and, and I take moderate exercise. I walk. So decompressing for me is walking and listening to podcasts. And I will choose the podcast based on what I need to hear and what I'm seeking. Good. And what I think is good for me. I eat as well. So I know what I put in my mouth is going to make me feel a certain way. So if I'm not feeling great, I know I need to change what I'm eating. If I'm feeling great, 
and I just want to indulge because I need some, I need to spoil myself. I'll spoil myself with alcohol and chocolate. <laughs> That's how I escape. Yeah. Um, so when you say feeling great, do you mean feeling great mentally or feeling great uh, physically? Uh, mentally, I probably would say I'm feeling great mentally. I'm feeling great to me looks like this. Um, I'm on top of my job list. Uh, my friends are happy. They're in a good place. My family are happy. I have some exciting projects going on. There's no roadblocks. That's, that's what feeling great is to me. There's no roadblocks. There's no problem solving going on. I don't have any um, relationship situations like, like friction that I need to deal with. Nobody's offside. Everybody's onside. The team's moving smoothly. That, that's what feeling great is, yeah. See, what, what I think on there and I absolutely love is because I was always sat on the fence, but through, I'm thankful for the campaign. I say this so much, but on the side of it, my own, personal journey and spirituality. So when you mentioned that, it is amazing that you can be sat on the fence and certain things are brought to you with no reasoning behind it and serendipitous moments. And you're like, okay, I'm open now. There's something other than just, and I do the same thing. I ask for guidance. So I'll put meditation on just as I'm going to bed. So it's like going in my subconscious and I'll be like, right, if I've got any guidance, message, support, let me know during my sleep um and even hearing you say that i've got to connect you to eden and kim they're very spiritual and i've learned so much so that excites me um what i would i'm kane i've got to yeah oh you yeah. love them what they come out with um but there's a thing that everybody knows you and dan for especially when it comes to body combat and i know you've told me before the reasoning but for anyone listening out there one of the huge phrases that you say at the end of a workout is stay with the fight, but you say it with such conviction, both of you. So what is the reasoning behind that other than people merely thinking it's to do association with a martial arts program? Yeah, it's, it's the fight of, for your life. It's the fight that you experience in your life. Everything um, doesn't just happen on a sunny day. There's things you have to fight for. And you have to learn how to fight. You have to fight for yourself. You have to fight for your family. You have to, I mean, people have fights on different scales and some people have far greater fights on their hands. Um, the world has a fight on its hands at the moment. Um, mm -hmm. it, it's staying with it because you, you want to give up. You, adversity makes you want to give up. And sometimes it's good. Sometimes you have to walk away from some things. I definitely say pick your battles. I definitely say picky battles. And I, and I know that that's experience that's taught me that. I used to fight everything. I was like, no, I want this song. No, this is the best song. No, you know, and I wouldn't say it exactly like that, but I'm just trying to say it like this for impact and keep it brief. But, you know, you just have to fight every battle, but, but you have to stay with the fight. Love you that. have to. You know what popped up on the radio the other day that took me straight back to when I used to teach combat, my best track, and I used to teach with, with Georgie, a good friend of mine, and she's like, oh, I'm playing this track again. Silence by Delirium. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Back and that, that little bit where you're like, oh, come on. And do you know Silence, Jackie? Delirium? Mm -hmm. Oh, my. Have you done that in combat? Have you gone old school yet? Has your instructor gone old school? Uh, <laughs> we've gone a little, a little back. Oh, my God. Delirium. My, who, who chose that song? 
because I take my hat off to whoever chose that song. I'm like, I can't remember, Glenn. I can't remember. Way too long ago. Wouldn't know, honestly. If I, like my, I, I just couldn't tell you, but probably both of us because it was such a great big banger. It was a banger. There's no way either of us would be on the fence about that one. Yeah. Amazing. Track seven. That's pretty cool. Oh, it's always track eight now. Track, track eight. eight. Track eight's I love. I always found track fours quite hard, by the way. Just, just you know. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's that point in the workout where you've, you've crossed the uh, aerobic threshold, you're in the heavy breathing stage, and mentally you, you've started to pick up a bit of neural fatigue because you've, you've got to think about combos and you have to put moves together and teach people what's coming next before it comes and inspire them with incredible movement quality and fitness so yeah four would be a sticking point not just for you but for a few people yeah, yeah. but if i could say to anyone listening to this there'll be so many people listening out there and i know as myself in the past as an instructor there will be times when you are tired but listening to Rachel talk about those differences, it actually does make for those participants. Like you would never know that that is her 55 minutes that's completely changed her life. So when there are instructors sometimes that might not feel it and just do the job or it's about kind of, oh, I've got to do this again. Just listen to what you said there because that's why I love the job. It was never about being on stage. Everyone knows I seemingly was like an extrovert, but I was going through body dysmorphia, so I was introvert and all that kind of stuff. But I always thought about what the impact could be on somebody out there. And I think sometimes we all forget that until someone brings it up to us. So, yeah, I'd say for what you do on behalf of myself, and I know Jackie's big into doing your programs and, and the campaign, thank you for everything that you do for everyone, I suppose. That's um, just a bit of gratitude from me there. Aw, thanks, mate. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. Where can everyone, well, I shouldn't say this, but for people that don't actually do fitness, <laughs> other people find out about you. <laughs> Non-Les Millions, you mean? Non-Les Millions. Um, yeah, so most of, in fact, all of my work is done behind the, the curtain. So you have to be part of the Les Mills Fano, which is uh, Tereo for family. Uh, Tereo is the native language of New Zealand, Aotearoa. Um, so to do our workouts, to work out with me, you have to join the Les Mills On Demand platform, which is how a consumer can access the body combat workouts. Or most recently, I've been doing these black workouts, bums, legs, arms, and tums. They're 20, 25-minute workouts. People are loving them. There's no music, so you stick to whatever reps you want to do, and I just entertain you or distract you for 25 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite fun. Um, other than that, you can, if you're a teacher and you're in the industry, you can jump on the training, and you will receive four times a year um, workouts to learn that you can then teach at your club and your facility. So you will get workouts that we put together here in Auckland and test and um, get access to them so you don't have to worry about putting a cost together. Because that's the challenge as a fitness instructor, is programming. It's really exhausting. You know, trying to put together another workout or another program that people will love as much as they love the last one. So sometimes it's easier to pass the buck to someone else and go, well, I didn't make it up, blame them. I'm just teaching it. <laughs> I think that is, is I'll just finish off quickly before we go, but I think that's one of the things like everyone sees you and Dan or you and the, the program directors, they see the finished product. 
But even you saying there, that I don't think people sometimes realize the amount that goes into it. Can you just give us a brief rundown of, say, start to finish of prepping, filming, post, and then your downtime? Yeah, so I'll give you the rundown right now, as in 2020, because that's probably the best thing that people want to hear right now, because it has changed because of COVID. Um, so from, from start to finish, we both, Dan Cohen um, and myself, come up with a bunch of songs that we think have got combat potential, right? So then we merge our playlists, we sit down and we look at each other and we go, right, what's your best 1A, what's your best 1B? And these are warm-up songs, what's your best 4 or 5? And these numbers relate to um, positions inside the workout, time codes, if you will, for where we expect to do a certain kind of workout or reach a certain kind of heart rate. And that music governs the, the motivation levels that people will experience inside set workout. That's a bit of the magic sauce that I'm not supposed to talk about, but there you go. So once we've merged that playlist, um, so yeah, also now we, we have DJs that send in new tracks. So they send it to a central source called Ezra. His name's Ezra. He's one of Les's friends. And he compiles DJ playlists and sends us his playlist. So his playlist also gets put into this playlist. And a while ago, um, we were asked to try and incorporate more, more of his songs to keep that young, modern feel. Uh, so we've modified our tastes to incorporate those songs now. And it's been great. It's been a good learning experience for both of us. And we've been exposed to a whole different style of music. And it's cool. You know, you'll get that soon going when your kids start listening to music and you go, what the hell are you listening to? What even is that? Mm. Um, you know, well, the kids are listening to it, so we've got to listen to it. Um, so once the playlist is done, that gets sent to the creative directors who sign it off. So the sign off process means, yes, we agree, or no, we don't like that song, you need to change that. Or if you're going to use that song, then I want you to use an alternative or a bonus this. In fact, a bonus is the term we'd use. Then that playlist gets sent to a lyric checking team. So these checkers go to lyrics and they go to different parts of the world that have sensitivities around certain topics, subjects, and um, words that are acceptable that are not acceptable. And these lyric checkers will come back and say, this song isn't acceptable. We don't like this song. If you're going to use this, you have to give us an alternative song. Um, once we've got the playlist covered in that respect, then it goes to our music department who then communicate with Universal, Sony, Warners, uh, all EMI, all the record labels and the indies as we call them, the independent labels who then start the conversation with somebody on the other end of an email and they try and make a connection. They have relationship with the music licensing departments. Those music departments in other companies then contact their artists and their publishers and they get consensus on whether the song can be used or not used. Sometimes they get publishing rights. Yes, the, the song can be used, but the master approval can't be agreed on. So therefore we can't use the song. Then we have to go back and find another song and the process starts again. Now, whilst this licensing process is going on, this is a three month process. So it can take weeks to go backwards and forwards between artists, labels, and the company to come to an agreement on whether the song is going to make it across the line. Whilst that's happening, Dan and I then start to design the workout. So we put together to collectively, so we both get in the room at the same time, 
and we come up with our favorite combos of what we think is going to be the right thing for this release. Bear in mind, we do it four times a year and we know where we've been. We're charged with taking it to where we want to go. And that creative process is influenced by the creative directors who give us, excuse me, give us directives. Like we want 20% more conditioning. We want, we don't want to use this move anymore. Um, stay away from this move and this move. In fact, if you're going to do this move, make sure you only do it in this dance or you can't. Yeah. So there's some guidelines, let's say, that we have to, we have to work around. We're not even and that changes. No, no, we're not even filming yet. These are the guidelines that we have to work around. So then once Dan and I have agreed on that particular routine, we'll take that, that workout to our class and we'll teach it. And we'll film ourselves and then we'll spend a good hour afterwards talking about what was good, what wasn't good. And then we'll modify and modify and modify and modify and change, change. And we're listening to the class members. Like our members have been with us for, we've been teaching that Wednesday night class as an example since April 2004 <laughs> at that club. So... These people have been around a long time. They're no stranger to new choreography. They don't blow smoke up your ass. They don't like, you know, they say it like yeah. it is. They're like, yeah, nah, you know, nah, 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 nah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Oh, that's a bit harder. I couldn't kind of get that. So there's no like, sort of people don't get stuck to anything. We're, we're so beyond that. So let's just say we've got to a place where we like the class. We then send it off to our creative directors, of which we have a few now. Um, creative directors, Mark No, uh, he's the body step program director. So he came into the fold about a year ago and he then gives us feedback on what he likes and what he doesn't like. Uh, and he's working off the directives of Diana, Jackie and Les. Um, so then when he's happy, he then sends it to Diana, Jackie and Les, and then they give their feedback. And that feedback comes back to Mark, who gives it back to us. And they went, we, we then go away and make those changes. Then when we get the class ready, we then hope and pray that we get clearance on all these tracks. So often, some songs don't clear. That clearing means we can't use the song. So then we have to go back to the drawing board and replace that song and start the process again. Oh. So can you do like a backup, like, okay, let's pick two songs in case this one doesn't get clear, then we have this one. That way you don't have to go back to the drawing board. No. Wow. Masterpiece, masterpiece is a masterpiece. You focus on that and you commit and you believe and you, and you say, look, this is what we're going to do. There's no plan B because plan B, you could go, oh, well, that's just next release, right? That's just put that in next release, it never ends up in next release because by the time you get right. to the next release, the music has shifted, the world has shifted, you've learned so much from teaching this and you've got feedback from every person on the social media platform and <laughs> the real world that, um, yeah, you, it just doesn't happen, that there's no plan B. I see why, Jackie, you know, you're a, Jackie is a, very organized person. Jackie has made sure I've not missed anything. She is an angel. And I can see why you oh, come thank up with you. strategy straight away. You're like, I know, just have a plan B. I'm like, yeah, but in the creative world, you just don't. You're just like, nah, this is it. This yeah. is what we've got. This is what we want and we believe and we'll get there. So, and that's, that's just part of it. Uh, yeah, and then when it's signed off, like this time, this round, we filmed... What day is it? It's Thursday. 
Tuesday, or was that yesterday, Glenn? I can't remember. Was it Tuesday? I filmed a, a, a base workout, a 30 minute version of what we're about to film in November because that's going to be a Les Mills on demand entry level for people that have never done combat before, but really want to, but just need a little bit less speed. So they want things slower. They want more time to learn the, the, the foot strikes and the names of the moves. So kind of like entry level. Um, but the week before that, we filmed the actual class at the office, Dan and I, in a rough form and sent it off to the presenters around the world who get a week to learn that choreography. They are then going to go to some TV studio somewhere in a city in their country and be filmed by a team of pros, this time actually speaking. So they're actually going to be teaching. They then send that file to our director who's going to compile a file in the right order and project them onto some mesh thing in a studio that we build for the four or five programs that are filming it this way this round in about three weeks. And we're going to stand next to the virtual version, like a hologram version, a virtual version of that person and shadow a pre-recorded teaching. At which point, at which point I'll be writing the bloody choreography notes because that's what we do now, COVID. Thank you very much. There's no one doing that for me anymore. I thought I got rid of that job, but apparently not. Back to writing choreography notes. That's my job. Listening to that, and like even me, I'm like, <laughs> like. <laughs> I know, me too. Like, that's why I'm like, plan B, girl, let's do a plan B. Yeah. Well, listening, not only does it give, I've always had appreciation for anyone doing what they do, but a newfound appreciation to understand that much depth. And then when you do read social media from the real world and you see someone like kind of pulling a certain song down, whatever program, whatever workout, whatever, I hope those people then can hear something like this and go, wow, right. It's not an easy process of going play, go, let's yeah. So much intricate. And not only do I take my hat off to you guys as program directors and creative directors, and, but for Philip, Diana, and, and just everybody who has built that company from what it was back in New Zealand to worldwide, dealing with some of the biggest music industries and companies and to have to do all that. I'm like, okay, so you've got this on your plate. They've got that on that plate and they've got that on that plate. So that's why I always try and tell people the people that I've, got to know through this campaign and Jackie you've worked with a lot of big names as well and Rachel you just don't know what's behind the scenes like mm -mm. someone who might be a multi-millionaire what comes with that is a uh, probably million dollar problems as well like and to listen to that there you're kind of going yeah. everybody always wants to be in your position a lot of the time so many aspire to be like Rachel Newsham and then when you go would you like to do this and I hell no <laughs> hell no right <laughs> I'm going to say this. I'm taking body combat tonight. I'm not going to be giving the instructor any dirty looks tonight after hearing this. <laughs> after knowing all the process that's gone into it, I'm not going to give her the look. Yeah. It would be like appreciative. As I hyperventilate, I would be appreciative of the class. Well, you know what? If I ever walk past the class and I hear someone going, you know what? We're going to do this track. I don't really like the song. I'm going to go, well, guys. <laughs> Honestly, exactly, Glenn. You're right. Like, if you've ever had a party at your house or, or gone on a road trip and made a playlist, 
and there's like a handful of people in the car or 20 odd people in your house and they're like, I hate this song. Well, I love it. It's like, well, try please everyone. Did you ever, right. so Dan's, Dan's Southern, isn't he? Mm -hmm, yeah. Or Northern. Yeah. Was there ever, and I'll finish off because we've been nearly an hour, we could talk all day. Um, could, literally. Was there ever a time where he played a song or you did and, and the Northerner and you came out and goes, that shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Oh, definitely we've um we've had oh so many conversations about music and what's good and what's bad and you know you work with someone long enough and you 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 we really do bring out the best in each other because we're not afraid to rub each other up the wrong way to get the best yeah. you know there's there's absolute honesty in a sense of you say what you think and you you learn how to not trigger people. It's like, this is going to be a trigger for this person. So I'm going to say it like this so that it doesn't trigger that response because we could be here all day. Cause I've been there so many times. So like, <laughs> just don't say it right. You want to, but don't say it. Cause if you say that right now, you're going to find yourself stewing for the next five hours. <laughs> Very true. Very true. It's, like, it's just learning. Like if you know how to trigger somebody, bloody hell, stop, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it, you know, because you're only doing yourself a disservice. It's like, just don't. If you, if you really need to get stuff done, if it's really important, okay, fair enough. You need to work through that conflict. But sometimes just, just don't, you know. Life will carry on. Yeah, turn the volume down on that. Um, for, I mean, for me, I, it's, gone, it's gone from being the responsibility of putting this release together to what... what impact what do you leave behind what's in the wake of your behavior you know and who can you help now so if i say this if i do this what do i leave behind who's got to clean that up or um what who's going to benefit from this and who can i work with now because i'm ready to take this to another level and how can i grow myself or grow someone else through my next my experiences um, you know, everybody obsesses around these workouts, which is absolutely brilliant because we talk about falling in love with fitness, but my new direction is to fall in love with yourself. Mm. And I mean that in the healthiest sense, not in the narcissistic vein way. There's, there's enough narcissism going on now. In fact, everyone's been infected by narcissism because of social media. You know, there's no way you'd get an actual camera and ever take a picture of yourself. No way. I mean, it's the most ridiculous thing you can ever think of. And you definitely wouldn't take a picture of yourself and put it on your wall or put it like on, on the front of your school book and back your school book in pictures of yourself. People would <laughs> laugh at you. I know. Like, hi, I yeah, this is do my not. <laughs> Did you do that? I don't like social media. I don't like social media at all. I am like, I do not like it. I do not like social media. I think I've been more on social media since I've joined the Imperfectly Perfect campaign, but I don't like it. I don't follow people. I don't request to follow people. And I don't ask people to follow me because I don't care. Jack, you know? it's I, like, ask you, I ask you if this is an American thing as well, why I laugh there is because when you're in England at school, you got a new school book from school and you got your wallpaper, whatever it was, and you're back to that's laughing i'm like and you had your favorite person so it could have been spicy yeah we have book covers <laughs> paper book covers yeah yeah so this is what you had to do in your first week back at school you're like put 
like Christmas paper on it or something, (laughs) (laughs) whatever. But, you know, back in that day, you didn't take pictures of yourself and like put it all over your school books and be like, yeah, look at me with like 10,000 filters on. And then you see that person, you're like, wait, that's you? Wait, that's you? Hey. This is, I think, like what we're trying to do with the campaign. We keep it real, we keep it raw. At the same time, like, there's no judgment. It's just that we've got to make people realize that the only person it's affecting is yourself. So have you noticed the difference as well, Rachel, that being in that facility of a gym environment all the time, this is one thing that I sometimes have a word with people because I have never been a person really to take selfies or if I ever have, it's been in the comfort of a bathroom or on my own. Whereas these days I can walk into a bathroom like a male locker room and people don't hide the fact they're doing the selfies. I found that strange to start with. Have you noticed a difference with girls when it comes to obviously being in that that gym environment that you'll walk in and, and they're just so like, Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's uncomfortable, eh? Like, I actually don't. Mm-hmm. I go back to the office and and shower at the office. I don't really shower at the gym, um, and not so much here because I haven't been in those changing rooms for ages, apart from to go wash my hands after every class. Um, but when I'm on the road, I definitely experience that because I'd finish a class and I'd have to rush off to the next like destination and I'd be getting changed and people would be taking pictures in the changing rooms or they'd want to take a picture with me in the changing rooms. And I'd have to sort of say to them, Hey, look, um, I don't think this is a safe place for taking pictures. You know, people can be naked and you, you might get a picture of someone's butt. Yeah. Also, do you really want this to be a picture of me? Like, look at me right now. Like, honestly, we're in the toilets. Like, come on, let's just like, let me just do my face, like wash my face and I'll meet you outside. It's yeah, it, it yeah. You just people, but that's okay. Like people don't realize that your awareness is like only in your bubble. You only really know what's going on in your world. And sometimes you just need someone to point you in the right direction and go. Oh, by the way, this might not be the most appropriate thing. And that's okay. You haven't realized it, but I did. So we're we're good. We're safe. You sort of head outside and take a picture. But I I know that we're all falling in love with our own image at the moment. But I want us to fall in love with who we are as people. I want us to fall in love with the feelings that we experience and the behaviors that we need to modify and we need to let go of. Times have changed and will continue to change. And there's things that we've done for years that we should no longer be doing because people get hurt by those behaviors. And we know better now so we can behave better. I'd like to I'd like to work with people that want to fall in love with themselves in a healthy, uh, spiritual, emotional, physical way, and that hate working out because it's lame and it's painful and it's boring. And I know how to make it not that way. I know how to make you fall in love with a workout that's going to make you want to do it more often and spend more time doing this because you feel good afterwards. I want to work with people that are about to be obsessed with um, feeling good from the inside out. That's that's my focus. You're talking about spirituality kind of thing, whether my intuition's got better. You love doing Les Mills. You'd be a bloody good coach, life coach. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? I shouldn't do that. I I just, just listening to you, and I went and qualified in mine, and it's the exact same process. I try and teach now, and I did a post today, and I'll finish off with saying, teaching people about self-worth because of what I went through with body dysmorphia, but this whole perception, people doubting their self-worth and their abilities going after what they want and their goals because they're looking at a highlight reel of maybe their friends who are at a pool with a laptop and saying, 
laptop lifestyle or working from the office today and there's a poll, I'm like, do you know how easy it is to get a laptop and go and sit next to a poll and say the same thing? I was like, I don't judge those people doing that. What I do want you to remember is it's perception as well. You don't know if it's mm-hmm. true, you don't know if it's not. So let's work on ourselves internally. And that's, that's my wish for this world. It's like trying to rewind everything so far. But like we've looked at Social Dilemma on Netflix, like we're plugging it there, but <laughs> look where, where it's going. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. I haven't watched that documentary yet, that Social Dilemma. I've heard a lot about it. And I know the guy that's, um, t- that's talking about because I've watched his TED Talks. And, mm. you know, that blew my world to pieces ages ago, but reinforced what I was feeling intuitively. I just kind of knew it. Um, I think, I think I believe that moving forwards, we're going to move away from this. This is a period of time that we have fallen in love with our, the image of ourselves. However, we will fall in love with the, the best version of ourselves. And the best version is one that is imperfectly perfect, that embraces failure is open to accountability, is, is feels safe enough to say, I got that wrong, I did that wrong, and I'm sorry. And I think I've hurt your feelings and help me understand what I'm doing that's causing you pain. That kind of person is somebody I want to obsess with because that creates good feeling, that creates a good energy, that, that reality, that realness creates a safeness where people can be the best version of themselves and the best version is imperfect. It's not perfect because we can see we have increased levels of anxiety and depression and got nothing to do with the conditions of lockdown this year. They were pre-existing experiences. The the government, you know, what's come from the 2020 and 2019's COVID is that they've had to acknowledge mental health. They've had to acknowledge it's a thing because their whole nation is getting locked into a box and therefore only themselves. And they have to face themselves and they have to look at themselves in the mirror and go, what do I love about you? And what do I hate about you? And and why have I become this? And why am I thinking this way? Can somebody explain this to me? Yeah, absolutely. It's called mental health. And it's been around for a long time. And now we're going to talk about it. Maybe let's start to think about how we can become the best vision of ourselves from the inside out. Love it. Look at that. That's great. And on that note, we will finish um, because I know you've got a lot of things on and you're busy. So I don't want to take too much of your time. We've been chatting for about an hour and a half, which is a lot. Always got time for you guys. Always got time (laughs) for you guys. Yay. Part two, don't you worry. but I just want to say, on behalf of the campaign, myself and Jackie, thank you so much. On behalf of everyone around thank the world, you. you're amazing. Um, anybody who wants to tune in and listen to this episode, you can find us on Spotify or iHeartRadio. Simply subscribe, like, and share. Let anybody know that's struggling. There is a community out there for them. We are here. <laughs> but thank you again, Rachel. We appreciate you. Thank, thank you. Glenn. Thanks, Jackie. Have a mean as day, guys. To find out more about the Imperfectly Perfect campaign and how you can get involved, simply head to our official website at imperfectlyperfectcampaign.org or email us today at info at imperfectlyperfectcampaign.org to speak to one of the team. 
The Imperfectly Perfect campaign is creating awareness and is not a substitute for professional advice. Should you need help, please refer to your nearest crisis number.